Hi kids, welcome back to another week of Gosford PC Kids Cast. I'm so excited to be back. What about you, James? I'm definitely excited to be back. I thought the first one went really well. I'm excited to get into the second one, especially, you know, we, we looked at Easter last week and now we can talk about Easter this week. That's it. How was your Easter weekend? It was good. Obviously, again, lots of family time at home, which is terrific, and getting to rejoice and celebrate uh about everything that Jesus has done for us through the cross. And it's always cool uh, on Easter these days because so many people put stuff out on social media and you just get to see how many Christians are out there and are celebrating around the world uh, what Jesus has done. And, you know, sometimes we, we see our local church and that, and that's cool. But to see Christians around the world celebrating like that was awesome. Yeah, I found it super encouraging as well, actually. Um, it's one of those few times of the year that people really boldly declare their faith, um, mm. which is super encouraging. But it also kind of reminded me that I need to be more um, open about my faith with people on an everyday basis. And um, I really enjoyed this weekend just having time at home and just playing lots of worship music through the house and just um, singing lots of praises to God. I really felt um just so close to God this weekend and um, what a great thing we can celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, you know, it's one of those weird things. We can talk about the cross all year long, but when we take that one weekend a year to really focus on it, it just blows you away again. And uh, it's amazing just to think about how Jesus really did die. He was in the tomb, but on the third day he rose again. And that means that we can have our sins forgiven by God and that we can live uh, forever with him. Uh, and that's just the best promise ever. So it's great. Yeah, it's so awesome. So do you know what we've got coming up today, James? Tell me, Ash, what have we got? Well, today we've got um, story time and we're going to go back to the beginning of the Gospel of Luke and followed by a very special guest. He's a little bit slow. I'm hoping he's going to be able to use the technology okay. Is he perhaps a little bit older? Yeah, quite a bit older. Um, he's got a bit of a funny accent. Hmm. Okay, I think, I think I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some ideas, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, don't spoil it. We're going to leave okay. it for a surprise. And then uh, at the end, we'll wrap up with question time and some prayer. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. Let's do this. This is story time, and uh, we are going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 today. It's our plan this term to go through the Gospel of Luke and read a little bit of that each week. But this week, because we're just starting out with that Gospel, we thought we'd give you a little bit of information about who wrote it and what the deal was when he did so. So, the Gospel of Luke is, not surprisingly, written by Luke. And Luke was a doctor. He was actually a doctor who traveled around a lot with the Apostle Paul in the early days of Christianity. So he went on boats with Paul, he watched as Paul told people about Jesus, and he watched as lots of people became Christian. And he was a, a doctor, like I said, but he was also a historian. Luke was really keen to make sure when he wrote his gospel that he checked his facts, that he spoke with eyewitnesses, that he got everything uh, checked as well as he could to make sure that the account that he gave of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection was trustworthy. Now, all of the Bible's trustworthy, but you definitely get the feeling with Luke that he was most keen to show where he got his information from and what it was all about. 
And in chapter one, we're going to meet some of Jesus's relatives and learn a little bit about them. And also, we're going to learn about how Mary received the good news that she was going to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. So that's a little bit of a rundown on Luke chapter one and what's coming up. Sounds good. Can't wait to get started. Are you going to start us off, James? Yeah, so I'll read through to verse 25, and then you can pick us up from there and take us through to verse 56. Perfect. Sounds good. All right, guys, so here we go. We're reading Luke chapter 1, and I'm reading from the CEV version this week. It says, Many people have tried to tell the story of what God has done among us. They wrote what we had been told by the ones who were there in the beginning and saw what happened. So I made a careful study of everything and then decided to write and tell you exactly what took place. Honorable Theophilus, I have done this to let you know the truth about what you have heard. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a priest by the name of Zechariah from the priestly group of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was from the family of Aaron. Both of them were good people and pleased the Lord God by obeying all that he had commanded. But they had no children. Elizabeth couldn't have any, and both Zechariah and Elizabeth were already old. One day, Zechariah's group of priests were on duty, and he was serving God as a priest. According to the custom of the priests, he had been chosen to go into the Lord's temple that day and to burn incense, while the people stood outside praying. All at once, an angel from the Lord appeared to Zechariah at the right side of the altar. Zechariah was confused and afraid when he saw the angel. But the angel told him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers. Your wife Elizabeth will have a son, and you must name him John. His birth will make you very happy, and many people will be glad. Your son will be a great servant of the Lord. He must never drink wine or beer, and the power of the Holy Spirit will be with him from the time he is born. John will lead many people in Israel to turn back to the Lord their God. He will go ahead of the Lord with the same power and spirit that Elijah had. And because of John, parents will be more thoughtful of their children, and people who now disobey God will begin to think as they ought to. That is how John will get people ready for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this is going to happen? My wife and I are both very old. The angel answered, I am Gabriel, God's servant, and I was sent to tell you this good news. You haven't believed what I've said, so you won't be able to say a thing until all this happens. But everything will take place when it is supposed to. The crowd was waiting for Zechariah and kept wondering why he was staying so long in the temple. When he did come out, he couldn't speak and they knew he had seen a vision. He motioned to them with his hands, but didn't say anything. When Zechariah's time of service in the temple was over, he went home. Soon after that, his wife was expecting a baby, and for five five months she didn't leave the house. She said to herself, What the Lord has done for me will keep people from looking down on me. Okay, continuing on at verse 26. One month later, God sent the Adriel Gabriel to the town of Nazareth in Galilee with a message for a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to Joseph from the family of King David. The angel greeted Mary and said, You are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. Mary was confused by the angel's words and wondered what they meant. Then the angel told Mary, Don't be afraid. God is pleased with you, and you will have a son. His name will be Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the God Most High. The Lord God will make him a king, as his ancestor David was. He will rule the people of Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I am not married. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come down to you, and God's power will come over you. So your child will be called the Holy Son of God. Your relative Elizabeth is also going to have a son, even though she is old. No one thought she could ever have a baby, but in three months she will have a son. Nothing is impossible for God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it happen as you have said. And the angel left her. A short time later, Mary hurried down to a town in the hill country of Judea. She went into Zechariah's home where she greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, her baby moved within her. The Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth. Then in a loud voice, she said to Mary, God has blessed you more than any other woman. He has also blessed the child you will have. Why should the mother of my Lord come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, my baby became happy and moved within me. The Lord has blessed you because you believed that he will keep his promise. Mary said, With all my heart I praise the Lord, and I am glad because of God my Saviour. He cares for me, his humble servant. From now on, all people will say, God has blessed me. God all-powerful has done great things for me, and his name is holy. He always shows mercy to everyone who worships him. The Lord has used his powerful arm to scatter those who are proud. He drags strong rulers from their thrones and puts humble people in places of power. God gives the hungry good things to eat and sends the rich away with nothing. He helps his servant Israel and is always merciful to his people. The Lord made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his family forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months. Then she went home. All right, guys, so that is Luke chapter 1, verses 1 to 56. Now, Ash, you've just got done reading it, but tell me, was there anything that jumped out at you that you found really interesting or that uh, made you think about something in particular? Yeah, there was a couple things, actually. One of them that I really um, found interesting was about when uh, Mary visits Elizabeth and Elizabeth says that her baby in her womb swells with joy um, when she sees Mary. Um, and that's because Mary is carrying Jesus, the son of God, and her own baby could feel his presence. Yeah, that is really amazing. And I, I take that to be such a super encouraging thing because I think that sometimes when we think about kids, people wonder, 
can kids really know God in the way that grown-ups can and all that mm. sort of stuff? And it's like, well, hold on, this baby wasn't even born yet. Yeah. And yet something triggered uh, inside of him that something special was going on. And so I think it's really great that kids can think if babies in the womb can recognize when Jesus is near and the Holy Spirit can move in them, then there's no way that if you are six or seven or even four or three, however old you are, that you can know really true things about God and have his spirit work inside of you. Yeah, that is so true. I love that. But what an awesome thing that at any age we can know who God is um, and really have that strong connection with him. It's different because so I, I didn't grow up in church. I became a Christian mm. at university when I was 19. But you have grown up in church your whole life. Yeah. So do you have any early memories of when you first believed in God or when you first really thought, wow, I, I, I know God or I know something about him? Yeah, that's a great question. I think my faith uh, was really interesting because I did grow up in church and I kind of always knew that God was there. I always believed he was there, but I didn't really have that strong personal relationship with him until I became a teenager. Mm. And so one of my first vivid memories of having a real um, spiritual experience that feeling the Holy Spirit swell within me was I was at um, we were at church in the new building and it was a wedding for um, one of the young couples at church and we were singing Amazing Grace and all of a sudden I just started bawling my eyes out. I was sobbing in the middle of the in, of the church and everyone thought, oh, she's, she's really feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I could not explain what it was um, besides I think just an overwhelming sense of um, peace and knowing how loved I was and how how amazing that grace is. Wow, that's awesome. Can I tell you something that jumped out at me from this passage? Yeah. So I all, I think I just about always think these two things when I read this story. Uh, and first up, it's that Zechariah just seems like such a dummy. Like <laughs> he has an angel show up in front of him yeah. who terrifies him. And then the angel's like, be cool, be cool, it's cool. And so it's obviously super impressive. It's amazing. Plus, Zechariah is a priest. So he's heard the story of Abraham and Sarah and knows about how God gave them a baby when they were really, really old and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And yet, when the angel says to him, you're going to have a baby, he's like, well, how do I know? And I'm like, did he get his Bible stories mixed up? Was he <laughs> thinking he's meant to be like Gideon and ask for a sign from God? Yeah. I don't know. But I, so I always think, uh, you know, he's numbskull. What are you doing? But then I think, you know what? There have been plenty of times when God has been trying to show me something and I just totally miss it. Or after the fact, I have this aha moment and I'm just like, oh, how did I not see? How did I not understand? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's just also a really good reminder that uh, if God can work through Zechariah, who, you know, seems to be a bit of a dummy, then he can also work through me even when I'm a dummy. And that's always really encouraging. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, actually. And, um, yeah, so often we do look at all the characters in the Bible who are doubting God and not trusting the promises that he is making to them. Um, but what I also love, too, is in this passage we get to see God 
fulfilling a lot of the promises that he's made to his people Israel all throughout the Old Testament. Um, there's lots of references there to um, the family of King David, who um, Jesus was born from. And when you go all the way back to the Old Testament, you see the prophets actually saying that this is what's going to happen. And that's one of the things I love so much about the Bible is that it's not just a whole mismatch of different stories that don't really fit together. It's the exact opposite. It's like a puzzle with all these pieces and the Old Testament and the New Testament match up so perfectly, even though they were written in such different periods of time. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really great one. Well, that, that's great. I'm, I'm so glad that we've had a chance to talk about this passage today. I'm super encouraged by it. Uh, and actually, I think that our special guest for today, I mean, look, I think he was so old that actually the Bible still being written when he was around. I, 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 it's, at least he sounds like he could be that old. I'm not sure. What, do, you, do you think he's that old? Look, James, I think he's old. I don't know if he's that old. He's definitely you... older than you and I, that's for sure. That's true. Okay, well, look, and without any further ado, let's get him in here. We, Our very special guest this week is the one, the only, narrator Nigel. Hello there, all fellow listeners. Thank you, James, for that funny introduction to this podcast. But I'm not quite that old. <laughs> Although I, I do remember a time when a podcast was called a radio <laughs> or when a Zoom was called going outside or, or when a fortnight was just a measurement of two weeks. <laughs> uh, maybe I am old. Well, like all old people right now, I'm staying safe from the virus, so there's no need to worry about me, kids. Like all your grandparents and old people you know, I'm very cosy inside, watching some of my favourite ABC programs, uh, Four Corners, Q&A, Bluey. I've also begun studying for yet another degree to add to my collection. Currently, I am undertaking a doctorate majoring in the historical significance of educational melodic compositions for the developing adolescent's understanding of theology which is just a boring people language way to say I'm learning about songs that teach us about God. So with all this extra free time that I have now, I have decided to go back and rediscover one of the classics which I thought that I would share with you all today. Uh, the song is by a man that all of your parents would know. Uh, his name is Colin Buchanan. You might have heard of him too. Now, the song that I would like you to go and listen to is called Remember the Lord. It's on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes, so you can all listen to it there. Or, if you're like me, just listen to it on vinyl. <laughs> just being silly. Now, I think this song is absolutely wonderful in how it reminds us that God is in control no matter what. Particularly in a time when everybody, parents, kids, and old geezers like me are worried about what is going on, this song is an easy and fun way to remember, to remember the Lord. So sing along and don't be afraid to be a bit silly and have fun when you do. Remember the Lord. That's all from me today, kids. Narrator Nigel, out. <laughs>
Thanks, narrator Nigel. Um, lots of wisdom from you there. Wisdom so from, much. dare I say, an older man. That's right. Um, thank Look, you. when you were there, when God said, let there be light, you learn a thing or two, okay? <laughs> Just... Now, James, respect your elders. Sorry. Yep, should do that. <laughs> okay, it's now time for our question of the week. And I have some great news for you kids because there's actually now an easier and faster way for you to send us your questions. So if you go into the show notes for this episode, you will see a link there. When you click on that, it will take you straight to the section where you can record your question and it will send it straight off to us. It's super, super easy. And we have a excellent question this week coming from both uh, Lily and Daniel Snare. And James, I believe this question was actually prompted after Michael asked his question last week about um, why would God let the coronavirus happen? So let's take a listen to their question. What we've been wondering is how God used COVID-19 for good. Yep. Great question uh, from my kids there. And of course, they're, they're not letting dad uh, dodge the question at all. They want specifics. They want details. They're like, that's great, dad. You know, you're telling us God's going to do something good. How? How, dad? How is he going to do it? Uh, so fair enough. Uh, let's see how we go with this one. So the best answer is we don't know exactly how God is going to do uh, good things through the coronavirus. We, we can speculate. Uh, I think that one thing that we can definitely be hoping and praying for is that God's going to use the fact that there's lots of people who are sick or scared or dying to help them to see that death is real and death is scary and that we need to be rescued from death and that that's what Jesus offers us. That when Jesus died on the cross and paid the price for our sins and rose from the dead, he defeated death so that we could live with him forever. So I think it's one great thing for us to be hoping and praying for that one of the good things God is going to do is see lots of people come to know him and trust in him. And that maybe even in hospitals now, some of the, the dying people and some of the people that might even die themselves would come to know Jesus uh, before they die and before they breathe, they breathe their final breath. So that's one really big good thing. Uh, I think as well, though, for lots of people uh, who are Christians and who are serving in hospitals and trying to get food to people and trying to take care of them, there's all sorts of good things that Christians and you know other people around the world are doing to help one another. And that's another really good thing that when we see lots of people in need, that the church through history has done a really, really great job of taking care of people and showing kindness to them. And so I bet uh, some of the kids listening now know how their families have brought meals to people or maybe they've gone and done shopping for older people who can't get out or they've written cards and letters to people. That's that's one thing that we were asking uh, the kids here at Gosford PC to do is to, to write letters to some of the older people so who maybe aren't on the internet and that sort of thing. So those are a couple of things that I can think of off the top of my head about how God is going to do, do good things. But this is one of the most amazing things about God is that he is so great and so wonderful and so smart and so knowledgeable that there's just going to be millions of good things that he does that we would never be able to foresee or expect in, in the specifics. And I think that's super exciting. And, and if anybody said to me, you know, James, how can, be, how can you be so sure? Again, I'd say, well, we'll look at the cross. 
when Jesus died on Good Friday, that looked like the worst, saddest thing. And his disciples must have just felt like, how could God do this? We'd had so much hope. We'd had so much trust. How could God let this bad thing happen? And yet, on Easter Sunday, when the tomb was empty and Jesus had risen, we could see that God had a plan to use that worst and most horrible of things to do the best thing ever. And that was make, to make it possible for us to, to know God and love him and be forgiven. And so mm-hmm. that's, there you go, kids. That's, that's dad's best answer. I hope the other kids out there uh, could get on board with that too. Ash, what do you think? Yeah, that's fantastic. I found that super helpful. And it actually reminded me of the Quizworks video um, that was available for you guys to watch on Good Friday. And the message of that video for those that didn't watch it was that even when life seems out of control, God is in control. And we saw that, as you said, James, on the cross with Good Friday. It felt like all hope was lost, but God had a plan right from the start. And we saw that fulfilled on Easter Sunday when he rose from the dead. And so that's a really good thing to remember as we go throughout each week and we still feel like there's no end in sight, um, that even when things feel completely out of control, we know that God is in control. And the other thing um, that your answer just reminded me of too, James, is that all throughout the Old Testament, God used very big and um, sometimes awful events to bring his people back to him. And so I find that really comforting to know that God has used terrible events in life to bring his people back into a trusting relationship with him, a dependency on him. Um, And I find that, yeah, just really encouraging to know that God has brought his people through some really difficult times in the past and um, from the past we can trust that he will do the right thing for us now. Yeah, great point, Ash. God has shown his faithfulness again and again mm-hmm. and again to his people. Uh, and the, the very fact that there are still God's people today, you know, who, and, we've, and they've been around for thousands of years, uh, show how he is consistent to keep his promises and, and to uh, always use everything that's happening to achieve his plans, which we can com- trust completely. So it's great news. Yeah, it absolutely is. All right. Well, we have just about now at the end of our show. Uh, But Ash, did you want to just tell the kids one more time about how they can uh, submit questions for next week? Yes. We are so looking forward to hearing your questions. So if you want to send us your question in the notes below this episode, there will be a link that you can click on. When you click on that, it will take you to a website where you can press record and ask your question and it will send it straight to us and uh, we can put you on the show for next week. So maybe you might want to think about a question um, that's maybe been prompted by some of the stuff that James and I have spoken about today, or maybe it's something totally different and maybe it's something that's not even related to coronavirus at the moment. So any kind of question, Um, question about God that you have we are more than happy to answer so I think I might just wrap up with a prayer now and then we'll head off that sounds great let's pray okay dear Heavenly Father we thank you so much that you are in control 
we thank you for everything you have done for us in Jesus. Thank you that we've had the opportunity on Sunday to celebrate Jesus's death, but more importantly, his resurrection. We pray that as we spend time at home at the moment, that you would be filling our hearts with your Holy Spirit and moving us to seek a deeper relationship with you, Lord. Please help us to be loving people in this time, to be selfless and show your love to other people through our actions. And Lord, um, we just pray that you'd be keeping all of us and our families safe and that you would help us to remember that you are in control. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, kids. We will see you next week. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.